0: Hey guys, Joe Miles here with Osseo Gear. This is the Mission Whitetail podcast. We're gonna be doing a deep dive into what it truly takes to kill these mature bucks. We're gonna step outside the box and look at the why for gear, tactics, training, and more importantly, the mindset from over 35 years of chasing these magnificent animals all over North America. Thank you for following along and welcome to Mission Whitetail. all right guys on today's episode of mission whitetail podcast it's going to be pretty interesting we did a debate with don higgins on probably the most debated topic in all of bow hunting which is mechanical broadheads versus fixed blade heads and it seems like most guys are in one camp or the other you you get a few guys that that are pretty open-minded and actually run Mechanical and fixed in their quivers, depending on the type situation that they're getting into. If they're in a real thick area where they might get some steep quarter into or frontal shots, they want a little bit better penetration, and so they'll run a fixed blade. And then in standard in standard situations, you know, the majority of the time they're shooting mechanicals. Um, you know, I think you and I agree pretty much. 100% because of all the testing that we've done and the fact that we've, we've been down the road, right? I mean, when I started, there weren't mechanical broadheads.
1: Right. Yeah, I think um, from following you around and seeing all the success you've had with uh, those tripans and uh, using them and seeing it having my own success, in um, our style of hunting, I, I think that's just the, the perfect perfect setup. Um, don't get me wrong, I do use some uh, fixed blades here and there, and I know you do too. But our go-to is that compact, quiet, accurate mechanical.
0: Yeah, I mean, so history-wise, you know, I, I started with the 100-grain the Thunderhead. Mm-hmm. From way back in the day. And then I tried everything the, the two blade Zwickys, the snuffers, the Muzzies, you know. You know and then as things developed, I, I started trying the mechanicals. And at first, to be quite honest, they were junk. Right. You know, they, they, they wouldn't penetrate. Um, they, they, the little O rings they had would dry rot. The things would open in flight. And I think that's why they got such a bad name. Um, but but as technology continued to evolve, which it does with everything. I mean, it, from a recurve bow to the modern compound, technology improves. And if you have an open mind uh, and and follow the technology and test stuff, uh, you'll you'll see that the mechanicals have caught up, and it's a great option.
1: Right. Yeah, I think the, to the technology fact, too, um, as the bows got better and got faster, I think that's when you kind of want to get to more of that compact, sleeker profile because once you get up into that 300 feet per second range, that um, broadhead is really starting to steer itself.
0: Yeah, it, so just to reiterate, you know, we ran both, fixed and mechanicals in our quivers. And then over time, after shooting a bunch of animals in Africa, shooting a ton of whitetails and seeing that it's no problem getting through those shoulder blades, I've abandoned, for for the most part, all fixed blade heads and only shoot the Rage Stripe in now. And and I literally would shoot that from elk all the way down to, you know, small whitetails here in South Carolina. And, And there's... We're going to get into that in this debate that we have, and so I don't want to spoil the whole thing. But to me, there's nothing wrong with either. You know, I'm not bashing on a guy that shoots a fixed-blade head because I've shot a ton of stuff with them and they work. You know, you're going to get way better penetration, and your chance of structural failure is less. So those are the two, I guess, key components to a guy's mentality on a fixed blade head he's going to get better penetration and structural the potential for structural failure is not there i think when you look over at the mechanical heads and the really high-end mechanical heads like the tripan like the sever like the g5 uh, mega meat and dead meat those are the ones we've tested that have really shown to be you, you know, really premium mechanicals. I think what you see with those heads is you're going to be more accurate. And to me, accuracy trumps penetration. You're going to be quieter and you've got a larger cutting diameter. And yep. something that you always say, and and you shoot a lot, is that they're going to be more forgiving. Yep. E- explain, explain what you mean by them being more forgiving.
1: Well, I think you mentioned it too when you were talking with don in the debate um if you're torquing your bow or there's a a good breeze that that arrow when you shoot it it's going to fly just like the the field point would where if you have a fixed blade um it's going to take off you know to the left or to the right or whatever however you're torquing your bow it's it's going to take your bow out of tune and you're not shooting flat-footed in the backyard you can shoot i mean anybody can shoot a fixed blade with a good tuned bow you know in the backyard five mile an hour wind or no wind but when you're hyped up and you're trying to shoot under a limb or something like that um you're going to get way better accuracy out of a out of a field point type profile mechanical than a, a big or even just a small fixed blade you're going to get better accuracy
0: yeah and and so that that's it in the re- real real world in the backyard you know shooting at a target with a tune bow you can get those fixed small profile fixed blade heads to fly like your like your field point and and again when you get in a hunting situation, that's when things change. Yep. You you get a 15, 20 mile an hour Kansas wind. You've got a bucket thirty five yards. Uh, you're in a saddle or you are in a lock on, and you've got to bend down to shoot. You know to your weak side, and you've got to torque that bow. You've just taken the bow out of tune. Yep. And if you take a fixed blade head and shoot it out of a out of tune bow, it, it's it's a problem. Yep. And so. The mechanical wins majorly there with accuracy, yep. and so that that's accuracy to me with the modern equipment is is so important because I have tested and proven over the last five years that those high end mechanical heads get plenty of penetration. They they you know the last two years I've shot twenty nine animals, I've lost two of them. I lost a buck in Mexico that I shot high in the shoulder with a mechanical head and I lost one here in South Carolina with a iron wheel wide that I also hit in the exact same spot high in the shoulder and I did not get total penetration. It was a 20 yard shot. I just made a poor shot on him and I got a trail camera picture of that deer in October. I shot him in August. I got a trail camera picture of him in october on the opposite side shot side and it was not a hundred percent pass through and this is with a 470 grain arrow flying just under 300 feet per second um and it didn't penetrate all the way through a, a bad shot is a bad shot and it doesn't matter if you're shooting a 300 wind mag or or a or a mechanical or a or a fixed blade if you don't have a lethal shot you don't have a lethal shot
1: yeah a lot of those shots where you hit the hard bone it's It's going to be either too high or or really low if you hit them in that elbow knuckle. Um, And you're not, it doesn't matter what you hit them with, you're not going to recover them anyways, where if you hit them back with a big two blade, we always say it, I think you said it on the podcast too, you got a way bigger target if you accidentally pull it back than hitting one of those, you know. Um, shoulder legs or even the scapula if you clip the scapula you're probably going to go through it anyways so and he's gonna he's gonna die
0: yeah i mean mean, massive trauma quickly i mean just just some of the deer that, that the gruesome scene of of when you hit one right or you don't hit one right I mean, not to get super graphic, I mean, most of our followers and, and guys that are going to be listening to this are hunters and understand, but, I mean, we, we've, we've hit them back, and literally the entire stomach has come out of them. Yep. And, and you know, if you hit one from the, the, the front of the lungs all the way back to the liver and guts, I mean, 100 yards is a long way. I don't know that I've tracked many over 100 yards, uh, the, you know, the gut shot ones go a little bit further, and, and that might be a 200-yard thing, but you've got an unbelievable blood trail. And I have lost animals that I have picked up the arrow with a one-and-an-eighth-inch fixed-blade head that went through the guts. I have lost that animal because there was zero blood trail and had to look for buzzards, you know, four or five days later to, to go and find it. Whereas I know for a fact if I had hit that deer with a with a big cut on a big two inch cut through the guts in the same exact spot, I would have recovered him.
1: Yep, yep, for sure. Those those smaller smaller cutting diameters, it's really easy for the guts to plug up that hole. You are not going to find them. Um, where with a big two inch cut, like you said, the guts could be falling out of them, and I mean it. It's not going to plug up. You just give it some time and go look for them. And,
0: again, it's, it's, not, it's not right or wrong. You know, I completely understand why a guy wants to shoot a fixed blade head, and it, it's an old-school, solid, proven broadhead. Yep. And, and the problem with the mechanicals is they probably came out too early with not enough testing, and they, they, they were terrible. The, the first ones that came out were terrible. But the technology has improved. And and at the end of the day, we're not sponsored by any mechanical, any broadhead, any arrow company. Don't get free broadheads. Don't get free arrows. We pay for all that stuff. And hunting these big deer is too important to to me and you. You get so few opportunities at these big deer. This is not an ego trip. This is not, I want to argue with somebody. I want to have in my quiver what's going to give me the absolute biggest advantage to killing one of these big deer. And and that gut, lung, heart area is is huge, and I feel way more confident running that tripan on the end of my era uh, being that much more accurate in conditions that you get in when you're really hunting.
1: Yeah, and I think to be fair, at least for from my standpoint and i think you as well we're not saying that we would shoot every mechanical over a fixed blade if 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 there weren't certain mechanicals out there that you could shoot i would definitely go to certain fixed blades before i shot some other different you know other brand mechanicals as well no, would,
0: that's a real good point That yeah. that is a very good point and and it, and it goes back to kind of what we talk about here at mission whitetail is Test your gear, yep. whether it's arrow, bow, uh, broadhead, tree stand. It doesn't matter what it is. Test it for yourself. It's so important because you it's spot on a a cheap made. I'll probably get some hate mail for this, but fr- front deploying mechanical is is just man. They they are still junk, and you have problems with quartering shots. You definitely have problems with penetration. Uh, so, so for us, that that Rage Tripan is just the the, the go to killing machine and and proven over and over and over again. But yeah, if you had to, if you had to shoot a junk mechanical, yeah, I, I would shoot probably an an Iron Will um, wide or or the regular Iron wheel because we tested those a lot and that's yep. a really good fixed blade head. Yeah, and
1: if with those rear deploy tripans that we use if for some reason it didn't open which it's going to open but if for some reason it didn't you still have like an inch cut like those you know single bevel cut on contacts it might not get the same penetration a nice single bevel would but you're still going to be cutting stuff with that with the rear deploy with the blades facing outward.
0: Yeah, and they're super sharp. Anyway, we we I don't want to I don't want to you know beat up and ruin the debate because it was really good. And and one thing that you know I'll say, and I I know you'll agree with Kevin, is is Don Higgins is I mean he is one heck of a big buck killing machine. Mm -hmm. You know he's got three over two hundred. He's got Boone and Crockett that he's chasing every single year. Killing big deer is just as important to him as it is to us respect him he's a man of really high integrity and a and you know quite frankly a guy that i look up to um you know he's in the midwest and and as far as habitat and how to set up farms i'm not so sure there's a anybody any better i mean he's yeah. I've, I've gotten to spend a lot of time with him over the last six months and the more time i spend with him the more knowledge i gain from him and i know that he would not shoot anything that would jeopardize his chances either and, and he has died in the wool. He's, I will say he's not as open-minded maybe as we are. Yeah. He's not gonna, there, There's no chance of him shooting a mechanical head.
1: Or getting in a saddle.
0: Or getting in a saddle, <laughs> that's right. You're, you're right, he's not going to do that. But, and that's just to show you that, again, it's not right or wrong you know, he, he's going to probably go out this year and kill a 190 or a 200 or, or at least be chasing those type deer, and he's going to run his fixed-blade head right through them at 18 or 20 yards, and it's going to go 70, 80 yards and tip over, and he's very confident in that setup.
1: Yeah, I think, I think hunting, a lot of it comes down to mantle, your confidence. So shoot whatever you're confident with sit wherever you're the most confident, you'll see that big boy, and I think you'll be a lot more successful just mentally. If you if you take those steps, you'll be way more successful.
0: Yep. So, w- without further ado, let's cut over to the debate, and, you know, we'll we'll go through all that, let you guys check that out, and then we'll come back and wrap things up.
2: How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. Get it. Well, welcome, everyone, to the Chasing Giants and – Joe Miles, you want to introduce your podcast for all the listeners? Because I think this, <laughs> this this debate that we're getting ready to talk about is going to actually probably be aired on both podcasts simultaneously. So uh, before we get kicking off, just plug your podcast real quick.
0: Absolutely. Thank you all so much. Uh, the name of our podcast is Mission Whitetail, and it's all whitetail uh, information, and, and we're excited about it. We're, we're getting into our fourth and fifth episode, and, and thank you all so much.
2: So uh, this, is, this has been talked about for uh, almost a month and a half now that you two are going head to head to debate Don's radical uh, opinion and statements of that expandable broad- broadhead should be outlawed. And uh, we've talked about having a debate with somebody for a long time. I find it so ironic that the primary sponsor of our (laughs) podcast is the one that's actually going to step up and do this with us. But um, it's going to be a real informal uh, debate um, at the end of the day. I don't think either one of you are going to change the other one's minds, but it's going to be a lot of information and insight from both perspectives that I think people can uh, make their decision that's best for them so we're going to lay out kind of a format of how this debate was going to go and i thought it would be best for the liberal on the call to get first chance at claiming (laughs) their their opinion because you know the liberals are always out front with their hand out wanting to go first and get everything so who's going first
3: I, I guess you must have described Joe because you're not talking about <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
0: I think we've gotten our wires crossed somehow here, Terry. Gonna, you might we have to have to do yeah. this uh, intro over. <laughs>
2: so, so yeah. just for clarification, there's no liberals on the call. So uh, I hope uh, not. <laughs> yeah, Roger that. No,
0: we we are definitely uh, we could definitely attack together on that front. I guarantee so that
2: that, that topic you would be aligned on, but one hundred percent about it. <laughs> (laughs) But uh, for the purpose, for for the all kidding aside, for the purpose of this, uh, we think it's uh, probably best. Don's been the most outspoken about this topic. Um, As I mentioned just a little bit ago, he's gone on record um, at public appearances, on the podcast, articles that that um, to quote Don saying that mechanical broadheads uh, should be outlawed. So I'm going to give Don maybe three to four minutes if you need to need that long I uh, need at least that <laughs> hopefully uh let's try to keep the opening comments under five minutes and uh then joe i'll give you the floor for five minutes and then we'll take off from there but um yeah let's just go on and i'm sure don's got something to say more than just garbage <laughs> yeah well first
3: of all uh, i want to thank joe for taking part of this debate like terry said i had uh I've been wanting to do this debate with somebody for a long time, but I never thought for in a million years that the title sponsor (laughs) of the podcast would be the guy that steps up to do it. Um, So, so uh, I want to thank you, Joe, for, for uh, stepping up and and taking part. I also want to say that uh, to everyone listening, that, that I support a person's right to choose. This is a free country. You know, uh, America was built on freedoms and, I've said it before. I've had people hunt on my farm in the same blind with me using a mechanical broadhead, and I never said a word to them about it. I never tried to belittle them in any way. I support their right to shoot whatever they want. Um, but with that said, there, I do believe mechanicals should be outlawed, and and the reason for it is, is twofold. Uh, m- my opposition to mechanicals are, is based on a an ethical factor, in my opinion. Um, I, I just believe that there's more game wounded, um, with a mechanical head than with a traditional cut on impact broadhead. Um, so I, I think as bow hunters, we should be trying to make the the quickest, most ethical clean kill that we possibly can. And if an animal is hit correctly, there is no doubt in my mind that a mechanical will do a fine job. It's those instances where we don't hit that animal exactly where we want that I think a traditional cut on impact broadhead uh, will offer better penetration. I've said many times that I would rather see have a one inch hole all the way through a deer than a two inch hole halfway through. I think that exit hole is very important um, for for the blood trail but uh, you, you just hit so many more Um, vital organs when you go all the way through a deer instead of partway through. Um, So, you know, from the animal's perspective, again, we just need to make it quick and clean when we we shoot an animal. Um, From the hunter's perspective, I I don't want to ever see a bow hunter lose an animal. Um, You know, no matter what they're shooting, traditional equipment, compound, crossbow, expandable, cut on impact it doesn't matter i want to see every bow hunter recover every animal that he shoots and i'm sure sure joe feels the same way i I just feel that a cut on impact broadhead will do a better job i think an expandable broadhead or a mechanical broadhead is a chance that we just don't need to take it's a chance for failure that is not there um but the cut on impact or, or the cut on contact is that it that
2: that's it for now i'll wait you only, wait for you joe only, you <laughs> only used up four minutes uh, and didn't use the word garbage once um but uh yeah that was a good opening comment um i think at this point joe um you know we're we're not really into debating here yet but uh i guess your opening comments based on uh don's comments
0: yeah okay so first and foremost you know thank you all so much for having me don i appreciate it and you know there's not a a guy that I could think of that, that I respect more in the hunting industry than, than Don Higgins, the integrity, the loyalty, um, just, and your passion for the, the same thing I love to do, you know, hunting big white tailed deer it is, you know, I know that you would never use an inferior product or something that you thought was, was not going to give you the best chance of, of killing a big deer. Um, I don't care how much money somebody paid you, you're not going to shoot something that you don't think is going to give you the absolute best chance. And, and there have been a lot of big deer killed with fixed blade cut on contact heads. And there have been a lot of big deer killed with mechanical heads. Um, you, you know, there, there's two things for me, really, that, that I consider here. They're facts, you, you know, things that really aren't debatable. And then there's there's the percent chances of something going wrong. You know, those are the two things that that I look at and the reason. I've shot, I mean, just in the last two years, 29 animals. That's Africa, that's whitetail, you know, and I've tested about every possible broadhead that you can test. And I've killed a bunch of animals with fixed blade heads. I've killed them with the cut-on contact, with, the, uh, w- with mechanicals. And what I have determined as fact is that a, cut-on, a well-built cut-on contact fixed blade broadhead is going to penetrate better than a well-built mechanical i've tested it i've seen it and that is a fact now what i have also tested is that a mechanical broadhead is going to be quieter it's more accurate and it has a bigger cut those are all facts i've tested them with decibel readers and it's a smaller profile going through the air so it is a quieter Broadhead. It has a larger cutting diameter, which is important, and it's more accurate. Accuracy is more important to me than penetration Um, with modern equipment. You know, if we get into, um, you know, less poundage bows where penetration becomes, you know, you're shooting 40 or 50 pounds and penetration becomes an issue, then yes, I can see and I would recommend. a a cut-on contact with with modern equipment it it, you know decent heavy weight you know 60 pound plus bows I see the advantage with being quieter more accurate and having a larger cutting diameter and the, the penetration has never ever been an issue for me the only place that I can see penetration being an issue is in the actual leg bone but as far as scapulas um, the, the Rage Tripan is the head that I've tested. They're not all made the same, I'll say that too. Mechanicals are not all made the same. Uh, the Tripan and all of my testing has been proven time and time again to penetrate through sky i mean i've got videos on my youtube channel i just shot an axis deer two days ago in texas and i can show pictures of that that blew through the scapula and out the, the other side of the leg with a big two and a half inch cut on one side and two inch on the other so i guess that's my my thing is that I am super open-minded when it comes to this. And if, if a, a broadhead comes out or if I have failure, I, I will switch. Um, because like Don, I want what's going to give me the greatest advantage. Because um, you don't get many opportunities at this, these big deer. And, and I have to be able to kill them. And, and you know, Terry, I guess that's kind of my opening statement. And then we can get into more about shot placement and, and you know, that sort of thing
2: yeah i think that's great opening comments uh for those of you seeing that my camera shuts off i want uh uh, don and joe to be uh filling out the screen on this i'm just the innocent bystander that kind of tees up some questions and dialogue Uh, but i think uh you two just need to dive in before i ask some questions i think you two just need to dive in another round on that because i think probably some wheels are spinning from both of your sides right now Uh, so Don, just second round of comments, uh, in general.
3: Well, I think as, as I listen to Joe, I I have no doubt that he he truly believes everything he's saying. And and there's really nothing that he said that I can argue with. I think a big difference in in the two of us is, is I'm old school and, uh, you know, I'm trying to get those deer into 20 yards and less, and some of the, the you know, issues that he mentioned, such as noise with the broadhead uh, and better flight is not an issue for me at 20 yards. And I, I think Joe's probably shooting farther than me. I, I mean, I've said it before that, uh, I am not a great archery shot. Now, if I get a deer within 30 yards, he's pretty much dead. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, just flinging arrows and with a hope and a prayer, hoping I stick one in him. Um, But I'm not shooting, you know, past 30 yards. Um, I've never shot a whitetail, period, past 35. The the farthest one I ever shot was 35, and that was probably close to 40 years ago. So I think some of our difference in opinion probably comes from uh, um, our equipment. Uh, I'm a heavy arrow guy. Um, I I want that arrow to go all the way through. But you know what? It really comes down to me is, you know – to To kind of prove my point, that there are certain states out west where expandables or mechanicals are not allowed or they're illegal on certain game. Um, I, I know there's African uh, outfitters uh, that won't allow a- expandable heads. Um, and, and even some outfitters, uh, even whitetail outfitters. there's there's some of those that that will not allow the mechanical heads. And I think it all comes down to it's a chance that doesn't need to be taken. Um, again, if you hit the animal right, it doesn't matter what's on the end of your arrow. You're going to kill it. Um, but it's those shots that, that don't hit exactly where we want that. That's when I want to maximize my chances of recovering that animal. And, uh, you know, I've shot more than one uh, big old whitetail buck right through the shoulder blade. And uh, I, I recall hearing sounds that sounded like somebody took a Louisville slugger baseball bat and just broke it over their knee when that arrow hit that shoulder blade. And I think, oh, my gosh, I, I'm, I'm never going to find that when I just hit him in the shoulder. But in the two times in my career that's happened, both bucks went less than 70 yards and uh, I, I got enough penetration to get got into the chest. Um, you know, there's a a guy not far from me that uh, has a bloodhound does a lot of tracking and, and he'll tell you that, that there's way more issues with mechanical heads in, in his experience um than with the fixed blade broadheads. so um you know th- that's kind of kind of my stand when i when i take a shot if i don't hit that deer exactly where i wanted to i, I want to increase my odds of recovery
2: Okay. Good comments. Uh, Joe, why don't you uh, um, respond uh, with however you want on that?
0: Yep. I, I, very good points. All of those are very good points. Um, I think that, that you know, shooting animals is a game of inches. And, and like Don, I agree. I want to maximize my chances of killing that deer as quickly as possible. You have a much greater chance of running an arrow through a deer's guts than you do hitting the leg bone. I, I've proven it a million times—not a million. I've proven it a bunch that a well-built mechanical head will go through shoulder blades all the way through them. I, I've shot lots of animals in Africa, big 350-pound nyala bulls, right through both shoulder blades. And again, um, if I run a two-inch cut through a whitetail's guts, or I run a this isn't going to be featured on any liberal uh, shows, so (laughs) saying guts, I think, okay. Um, So through a a whitetail's guts, um, I'm going to have a much greater time, uh, chance of recovering that deer, having a two inch cut through the guts because there's going to be a blood trail and I've shot deer with one and eighth inch fixed blade heads and not recovered them. And I saw the arrow go through the guts, pick the arrow up, And, and guts all over the era, a two inch cut through the guts with a rage tripan is going to give me a better chance of recovering a deer. And that's not, I have a greater chance of hitting the guts than I do the leg bone. And I, I think the reason. That mechanicals are outlawed in certain states and some outfitters in Africa. You know, I got it in Africa for seven years and have shot a lot of animals with fixed and mechanical, over, mechanical broadheads over there, is because I will never debate that the original mechanical broadheads were horrible. The original rage that came out i think the first one ever was a jackhammer and they were pieces of junk but the technology has really improved and you know there's there's a sever broadhead out now that's really good there's a g5 mechanical that's really good well built and then that rage tripan who i am not sponsored by or paid or anything like that those are real the, the technology in those broadheads are incredible and i think i think you have to look at you have to define failure and I, I don't want to put words in don's mouth here but i i would say don will say well the the mechanical you know if it, if it hits a shoulder blade or a leg bone the, the broad head can break it can open in flight um you know there's there's chances that it won't penetrate enough and that's that's those are failures um and and, you know i I would agree with that 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 there is a chance those things can happen but then i look at it the other way around is how can a, a fixed blade fail and and the way a fixed blade can fail this is going to get a little bit technical but if it is making a louder noise going through the air and the deer reacts more to that broadhead making a noise which they do react to that and and it causes him to duck only an inch more, you know, that that's in my mind, a failure because I get there, you know, an inch, I save an inch, you know, if, if it's um, if, again, if I'm, if I'm able to be more accurate and hit where I'm aiming you know, I'm going there. There's a reason why tournament archers shoot field points. They don't shoot mechan, they don't shoot fixed blade broadheads. They shoot a low profile head because it's much more accurate. And to me, accuracy trumps penetration. And I've had no issues with, with penetration with the mechanicals that I shoot. And then, you know, another failure for a fixed blade head would be if you run one through the guts and you don't recover the animal because the hole's not big enough. Um, and, and I have an advantage with a mechanical going through the guts, which I've already said it, is a much larger target and you're much more likely to hit the guts than you are the actual leg bone. And, and quite frankly, looking at the anatomy of a deer, a, a leg bone shot is only a small, small percent of where that would be actually vital. So that, that would be kind of my, my reply there.
2: OK, um, so uh, again, I'm I'm I don't have an opinion in this conversation. This is a debate between you, but um, um, so I did not create the questions, but I did ask a couple guys that I'm, a, I'm friends with or that I know that I do not know and still do not know what broadhead they shoot. Um, so, um, I, I couldn't tell you what these guys shoot. I told them not to tell me, but I explained what we were doing today. And, uh, one of the guys, uh, asked me a a question and it it created a little bit of dialogue and I'm going to use a softball term for you guys to set up the question. You guys know, I coach fast pitch softball at the high school level. And there's this saying that a $500 bat does not fix a $5 swing. What that means is, you know, all these softball moms will go out and buy a $500 bat and give to their kid thinking that it's going to help them hit the ball out of the ballpark. And in all reality, the higher end bats actually have less of a sweet spot where the ball will jump off of it than some of the cheaper bats, which means when you hit it pure and you hit it perfect, um, those high end bats will do a better job. So putting that kind of into context in relationship to the archery industry or the outdoor community, you know, we put guys like you two who are passionate. They, they spend a lot of time at their craft, but at the same time, amateurs who are just getting into the sport are looking at both of you to help make their decision. So if someone buys their first bow and they don't know anything about arrow weight, spline of arrows, they don't know anything about how to set up a proper um, shooting scenario or with their piece of equipment, does one uh, type broadhead lend themselves to an advantage? Because you guys are focusing on, you guys are dialed in, you know exactly the ins and outs of everything, but we have a lot of people looking at you for advice. So I'm gonna start with Joe on this one. Joe, if, if somebody comes up to you and they don't know anything about getting started in archery, does one broadhead give an advantage over the other for the complete novice
0: the the complete novice the first thing i would do was figure out what weight they're shooting you know if if they're shooting 60 pounds plus even 55 pounds plus i'm going to get them on a moderately weighted arrow um, and I'm going to get them with a rage Tripan broadhead. I mean, that's the, the, the setup that I would recommend for a guy, because in, in my opinion, he has a greater chance of being successful because you don't have to be as accurate. Um, you, you know, we, we talk about when I say that you don't have to be as accurate you're going to be more accurate with a mechanical broadhead than you are with with a fixed blade. And, and it's going to give you more room. You know, I, I would argue the opposite of what Don says, or actually the same thing Don says, is it gives me more room for error because the guts, liver, and the back of that animal um, is, is such a larger target to hit. And I'm going to do way better in recovery if I've got a two inch cut through that part of the animal. So that would be my setup for the novice for the first time guy.
2: Don? Well,
3: ironically, um, you you know, I think it's the novice who gives the mechanical broadhead the bad name at most, if you will, because the novice typically is gonna take poorer shots. They're not gonna see as many deer while they're hunting. So when they do see a deer, It's like, oh, my gosh, I better take a shot because this might be the only shot I get, you know, all season. And so the novice has got they're they're taking steep quartering shots, either quartering two or steep quartering away. And and that's where the mechanical is more prone to failure. Um, If I was guiding a novice hunter, um, yeah, I'd be coaching them to to limit their shots to 20 yards, first of all. Um, I I would be more focused on shot selection than I would be equipment selection. Now, with that said, I would make sure that they could uh, shoot their equipment efficiently, you know, at at whatever range we were going to limit them to. Um, But but I think the novice is the one that's going to have the most issues
2: with a mechanical head. Okay, so to piggyback on that question, I'm going to start with Don this time, another gentleman uh actually uh, this is a great segue uh his question was is a mechanical broadhead just an easy fix for someone who doesn't know how to tune an arrow basically meaning if i don't know how to or if um what's a great a good way to put it if i don't have time to invest all the you know 100 shots a day or whatever is is that a good opportunity or reason to go with mechanical because I don't have to tune that fixed blade broadhead as much.
3: Well, I don't know if it's a good reason, but it's certainly a reason that I hear a lot of people mention. Um again, I think uh you know, most people are going to use a broadhead that was promoted to them by someone that they look up to, whether it be their local archery pro shop, a guy like Joe or myself. Um you know, if, if they listen to Joe's podcast uh, on a regular basis, they're probably going to be a lot more inclined to, to shoot a mechanical broadhead than if they listen to Chasing Giants, my podcast. Um, I, I think that uh, veteran hunters, I don't think we realize um, the impact that we can have on a novice. And uh, it, it goes way beyond the selection of broadhead. It, it's shot selection. Um, it, it's how far you're going to shoot. Uh, I I've, I have i am old school. I've said it up, uh, you know, many times that uh, I'm, I'm forgetting that deer close. I started hunting with a recurve 40 some years ago and stuck with a recurve for a long time. I, I well, I remember when releases come out, I, I was one of the last guys that I knew last bow hunters, I knew that to, to give up shooting with bare fingers and, and use a release. And, and I'm telling you a release is way more accurate. I, I can tell you that today um When carbon arrows first came out, I remember when we was all using aluminum arrows, and we went to carbon, and those carbon arrows were about the size of a, you know, they weren't even as, hardly as big as a drinking straw, little bitty arrows. And uh, you know, I fought that uh, when it came out. I remember when the overdraw came out, you know, where so you could shoot shorter arrows and have flatter trajectory because of your shorter arrow. And, and I never have shot a single arrow out of that. I, I'm just I'm old school. I, I don't embrace change. Uh, Unless it's proven beneficial. Terry's laughing because he knows how (laughs) true that is. And, uh, you know, just as I never embraced the overdraw, which today is no longer, you can't find one today. Well, I'm hoping the day comes where we can no longer find an expandable broadhead on the market. too.
2: (laughs) Joe, what do you think about that comment or that question from...
0: So the question, just let me recap. Uh, so, so the question is guys use mechanicals because they can't tune their, their fixed they, blades. They don't they have don't. time or, or whatever. Okay. So, so th- that's a really good question. And, and I do hear that a good bit. You know, I can, guys will say, I can tune my fixed blade heads to shoot fine. And and that goes back to an accuracy, accuracy thing, right? The, the mechanical is going to be more accurate with a tuned or untuned bow. You know, you, you take somebody that, that shoots it's a mechanical broadhead, really understands tuning, and they get them dialed in in their backyard, and they are super accurate, 30, 40, 50 yards, and, and I see it with a fixed blade head, right? It, they're, they're super accurate. Their bow is very well-tuned, So, but, but that's in the backyard. Everybody knows that hunting situations are completely different. You get into shot uh, situations where you have to bend around trees and torque your bow in, in the real world. And when you torque your bow, you take it out of tune. And when that bow is out of tune and you've torqued it because you've got to make a, shoot, a shot under a branch or over a branch or around a tree- In a love swing. In a love swing. Absolutely right. Um, (laughs) You're distracting me on purpose, Terry. (laughs) When, When you do that, you're... Your fixed blade head is not going to be as accurate, whereas when you torque a bow with a mechanical head, it's still going to maintain a lot of its accuracy. And then you get into wind. Wind is going to push a mechan- a fixed blade head a lot more than it's going to push a mechanical. So so th- it goes back to accuracy. And yes, a guy can tune a fixed blade head to shoot true, but in hunting situations, if you have to torque your bow out of the love swing or out of any, out of any, any stand for that matter, you, you're going to not be as accurate. So, so yes, I I don't know if that answers it exactly right, but that, uh,
2: (laughs) there's no wrong answers, but the people that are watching this are going to think that we did a really good job organizing, but you guys just keep teeing, teeing up the next question that I'm going to start with Joe on this one As you both are very, um, concerned about the ethics inside of our sport and wanting to do the right thing for the animal, whether that's DNRs, uh, laws, uh, regulations, equipment that we use. Um, I got a really, a, a question out of left field that I was not expecting. And it kind of ties into a lot of the crossbow technology where you know companies are advertising you can shoot a crossbow at a hundred yards. Is is building on the accuracy of a fixed head promoting the outdoor community to be able to take shots further than they should, or what their skill set is or what is ethical for a deer. So we we talked about you know wind, we talked about accuracy. Does that lead people to believe that they should be taking shots further than what they should be?
0: oh, i'm sure I'm sure that it does. I'm sure that it does lean uh, guys to shoot further than they should. But I think, Shots are, there, there's so much that goes into that, right? It, it's the condition of the deer. It's the situation of where the deer is located, the posture um, there is, you know, one guy may shoot way better than me. Um, you know, Don might, I might shoot better than Don. Don might shoot better than me. You know, there, there's so many factors there. But, but yes, I think, especially with crossbows, that, 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 that there is a, a sense of being able to reach out and touch them further than you actually can because it's a moving target. The deer has a say, you know, it's ducking, trying to get out of the way. And, and I don't take insanely long shots either. Um, I've just seen, you know, you shoot over the back of them a few times and and you realize that, you know, what your effective range is and and quite frankly, what the effective range is of the equipment that you're using.
2: Done.
3: Well, again, I'm old school and I see these changes coming through the archery industry or that have come through the archery industry over the last 45 years. And it concerns me that, uh, when I started archery was a a close range sport. It wasn't meant for everyone. Um, it, it took dedication to kill a deer with archery equipment. Um, you know, I remember when the compound bow came out about the time I was in high school, you know, these crazy looking bows with wheels on the ends of them, pulleys, whatever you want to call them, come out. And, uh, I, I just think that, that bow hunting is going in a direction that's not good for the sport because and a perfect example is here in the state of Illinois, the archery harvest now rivals the gun harvest. And at one time it was just a small fraction of the total harvest. Today, the archery harvest is 50%, the firearm harvest is 50%. And a lot of that is due to the advancement in the equipment. And, you know, we can blame it on the crossbow, but it's not just the crossbow. it's everything on top of each other and at some point we're going to pay for it as bow hunters and we're going to pay for it with shortened seasons and there's already talk of that in my home state of Illinois right now that you know our archery our bow hunting in in Illinois was like a luxury the management of the deer herd was based around the gun season um, because that's where the majority of the harvest took place Uh, that's all changing Uh, We can't continue for the archery harvest to climb uh, as a higher percentage and think that we're going to keep these long seasons. So the expandable broadhead, I just think, is part of that because that is part of a setup that allows people to shoot longer distances than we could, say, 25, 30, 40 years ago. Um, Another thing that concerns me with the, the whole bow hunting industry community if you will is a lack of role models a lack of guys that are willing to stand up and, and go against the grain at, at times and that doesn't mean that we've got to you know be disrespectful to the person that has the opposing view but we need to give new bow hunters both sides of a topic and that's what joe and i are doing here I have absolutely as much respect for Joe as I do any bow hunter on the planet. I don't care if they're using a long bow and a arrow they whittled out of a stick. Um, it's not what a, a man carries in his hand or a bow hunter carries in his hand. That's so important. It's what he carries in his heart. And, you know, Joe is a passionate bow hunter, just the same as I do. And just because we've got a different instrument screwed on the end of our arrow doesn't make one of us better or worse than the other. Um, but the whole archery industry bow hunting industry if you will as a whole I just don't like the path it's going down as far as advances in equipment
2: okay all right well I have one more question um that it people are going to think it's a little baiting to one side or the other and I promise it's not it was just it was the last question that I got that was given to me and I guess tied into this question that I'll start with Joe one. I think that's, are we back to Joe starting out? No, you did this one. We'll start with Don. I guess kind of give your wrap-up comment um, with the answer to this question, and then I'll close it out with just a couple comments to end it, um, if that's all right. Um, You know, everybody that gets in this debate has a personal preference, um, whether they got that from a uh, influencer, where they got that from—a recommendation or through past experience, success or failure. The question that was asked point blank to me is: There's no way we can truly quantify this with statistical data. But what does your gut tell you? If you look at, if you were to look at your gut feeling for a statistical analysis of every shot that was taken by a bow hunter in a single season. That's amateurs all the way up to guys like you. Which one has the best recovery rate, Don? Well, uh, my gut guess feeling, would be- Gut feeling. Yeah. There's no way we can quantify this, but gut feeling.
3: Fixed blade. I, I just uh, hear way too many horror stories. And, you know, since I've got on my rampage, I've literally had hundreds of bow hunters share stories, horror stories, that they've experienced with uh, mechanical broadheads over the years. Um, so, with, w- without a doubt, I, I think the the mechanical is the biggest failure, or percentage wise, fails more than a fixed blade. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I think there have been some studies on, on this out there. Um, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I think it was a big public ground piece somewhere that they started keeping records of that. And, and that at the beginning of keeping the records, the, the fixed blade head definitely outperformed. The, the mechanical. But as technology has improved, the mechanical has caught up and, and maybe even surpassed. I don't know that to be fact, but I do know there are some studies out there. Um, I, I would probably have to lean towards Don on this and, and, and agree with him. Um, and the, 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 the reason for that is because guys don't test their equipment. They, they will go buy any junky Piece of junk, because I'm not going to use profanity. <laughs> um, mechanical and garbage. Screw
2: we use get the word garbage. Garbage,
0: garbage. Yeah, they will. <laughs> they will get a garbage mechanical head that, that is fl- front deploying, and they are garbage. Um, you, you're not going to find a well-built cut on contact uh, fixed blade head that is garbage. Those are solid heads, and they do their job. But if if guys would shoot the, the rage tripan and again I'm not sponsored by them or anything it's just what I've tested if they would shoot a, a sever or a or a rage tripan I, I really in my gut think that the recovery rate would be higher with those type broadheads simply because the liver the guts it's just a much bigger target on the animal and I think if if that was the case if it was apples to apples to apples with the high end fixed blade head versus the high-end mechanical head you would have more recovery with the mechanical head
2: okay um just a couple thoughts from my side um i think to summarize what don's always kind of said but not um you know very short and sweet um he's he's kind of said a couple times it's just a variable or a risk you don't have to take or it's a factor you don't have to put into play Um, Joe's Joe's comments are if you're using the right equipment the right way and know your limits, it could be a better tool, almost like that softball analogy. It is a hotter bat, but you got to hit it in the sweet spot versus have a bad swing. So, um, again, I don't think either one of you are wrong. You both are using what you both feel confident is the best choice in your arsenal. Um, but it, it is a very different perspective from people and again i think the disconnect in the outdoor community is that we always look at the guys who fight so hard for one thing are the guys that are shooting either a whole bunch or have done it for a really long time one way like don's don's against change um i remember years ago and i don't i hope i don't get hate mail from him uh for saying this because uh I remember as a young hunter, me watching, um, I don't know if it was real tree road trips or one of the monster buck, and Waddell was in a tree out in Kansas, one of these 30, 40 mile an hour winds, and he pulls back on a buck at like 60 yards and just puts it in the ten ring. I mean, unbelievable shot. And I thought, wow, you know, his equipment is dialed in. I got to go do that. And the first thing I thought I could do was go out and shoot 60 yards in my yard, not even a tree stand, not even with any wind. And I just don't think people put into perspective, whether you agree with that shot should have been taken or not, probably how much work he put in to feel confident in that shot. And I think what's missing in the outdoor community is the work that both of you do to put into your craft to get that level of confidence versus just take someone else's word for it as what you should do. Um, whether it's, it's working with your habitat, like you talk about with your master class students, Don, and getting that deer within 20 yards. So it shouldn't matter. Or Joe shooting. I can tell you, I know you shoot a whole lot more than Don because he doesn't (laughs) shoot a lot. (laughs) Uh, Both of you are very passionate and committed to your craft, which is what gives you that confidence versus watching what an influencer does on uh and saying like i did back when i saw waddell do that and thinking oh well i can go out and do that in my yard there's a big disconnect there
0: i would agree with that Mm
2: -hmm. all right yep so if you guys got anything else to say have at it we're gonna sign off here and then uh listen to the rest of both of our podcasts uh both sponsored by osseo gear (laughs) (laughs) no guys
0: again i I thank you all so much for 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 having me on i'm humbled to to be included in this don it means a lot that that you would value my opinion enough to to have me on to to discuss this and i think it was more of a gentleman discussion than a than a real debate so uh thank you
3: yeah well thank you joe and i don't think you and i are ever going to agree on broadheads but one thing we are going to agree on Osseo Camo, brother. Yes, sir.
2: <laughs> that's for sure. And that nobody Absolutely on this call is a liberal.
3: We got we got two. Yeah. Well, yep, that's right. That's a- and the passion certain.
0: to hunt these big deer. And and the passion right. to really hunt these big deer. That that's yep. for us, you know, if we can help guys be more successful there, um, you know, that 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 means a lot to me. All right, guys. Well that kind of wrapped up the debate. If you even really want to call it a debate. It it was kind of we 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 voiced our opinions and Don and I really respect one another and and, you know, we, we obviously didn't try and, and one-up one another. We kind of gave our opinions on, on what works for us. And I think, again, it, it's up to the individual, you know, what they want to shoot. Don makes some very good points um, about penetration and about what he classifies as failures. I think we make some really good points. I feel like accuracy – I feel like um, it being super quiet, and I feel like the cutting diameter gives me an advantage because I know now after testing that I get all the penetration that I need. And, and, f- and flight failure or the blades opening you, you know, in flight or them not penetrating enough, I have tested that for five years. This, this isn't something that we just started talking about. And, and again, Don's not going to use something that he doesn't think is going to work, and we sure aren't going to use anything that we don't think is going to work. So, two two good, I think, points of view. And neither one of them is, is right or wrong necessarily. I think we stated our case as to why we use mechanicals. And we shoot a lot of stuff every year. Yeah. And, and it's important.
1: Yeah. And to your point with that, with the debate um, with Don, that's what's cool about this sport. There's no one right way. And – and just because you know one guy um, shoots or is in one camp, and another guy's in this camp, it doesn't mean you can't agree. And like we always say, we're all we're all hunters, so we need to just keep up with each other and and um, keep everybody else off our backs.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and you know, I, I, we probably will beat this to death, but it's, it's so important, and it's not just lip service and words. You've got to test your equipment. I don't care if it's arrows, bows, broadheads, tree stands, binoculars. Man, you, you ha- if it's important to you, you have to test it because there's so much information out there that's not right. People are paid to say things and, and sponsored, and there, there's a lot of sponsors that they are great. You know that are wonderful, yep. um, but, but you, ha- you have to do, in my opinion, two things. You, you have to get your initial report from a guy that you think is, is non-biased and actually has the experience of what you were trying to do under your belt. You get, you get your information from, or, or soak it up from different people in that category, like a Don Higgins, and then test the stuff yourself. T- take a, a tripan, a rage tripan broadhead, take a, a fixed blade, go out, tune your bow like we, like we do. We tune them so they'll f- shoot both. Take it out in a 15 mile an hour wind, put your target at 35 yards, get up in a tree stand, torque your bow, and shoot at that target and see what it does. And then go to the Joe Miles YouTube channel. And look at the African animals we shot with the TriPan. Look at our testing videos. They're non-biased. Yeah. I can promise you that if the TriPan had blown up on the 20-something arrows we shot, testing them into shoulder blades, hog shoulder blades, I'd have thrown them away. And I'd be shooting fixed blade right this minute. So, you know, that that's, that's the horse we're going to continue to pound, the horse we're going to continue to beat. <laughs> Test your stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm... I was um just as skeptical as anybody. I mean i did, I wasn't in uh, one camp or the other, you know the past couple of years, and uh, I got all kinds of different fixed blades and mechanicals i I shoot all kinds of stuff testing them and and finally i after I saw the after we went on the African trip and then saw all them all the deer that uh, we recovered this past year. I was like it. Those are definitely, definitely the go to. Yep, I agree. Us.
0: Well, guys, I hope that brought some value to you. I, I hope that was informative. And again, we love to interact with y'all. So if you have any questions, um, any comments, you know, we'd love to hear what your testing has shown. Yeah, you know, hit us up on Instagram at, at Joe Miles Hunting or hit Kevin up on his Instagram, Kevin B Hunting. And uh, why is that funny? I
1: don't know. I think it's. A Kevin funny B. Hand- I think it's a funny handle. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it, so yeah, hit us up, send us a message to the Mission Whitetail uh, platforms, YouTube, or Instagram, and we will absolutely get back to you. talk with guys every day. So again, we appreciate it. We appreciate the support. been getting a bunch of good feedback. We're gonna have a pretty good guest on next week. So uh, stick with us here and uh, guys, thank you all so much and we'll be back with you next time. Thanks guys.
1: Alrighty.